Okay, well, today we wrap up the God Could Use Someone Like You series. And we've seen how God can use imperfect parents and seniors with excuses and lifelong Christians and bold businesswomen and faithful friends and, and even lovesick romantics to accomplish his purposes. And if you had any doubts that God could use someone like you in your everyday ordinary life, well, I think by now you'd realize that God could use even you. But I know that my saying that may not be enough. Even if God were to speak to you directly, you may still doubt. Doubt yourself and maybe even doubt God too. The most famous hero in the Old Testament is Moses. He of the Ten Commandments and the parting of the Red Sea and all. And yet, before he was a hero, he was full of self-doubt. And not even a word from God directly from a burning bush was enough to push that doubt aside. God says to him in Exodus chapter 3, Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me. I've seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? He thinks he's not enough. He doubts himself. But God says, I'll be with you. You won't be on your own. It's you and me together, and together we've got this. But Moses says, Okay, but tell me your name. God says, I am who I am. I am has sent you. Okay, I am, says Moses. <clears throat> but what if they don't believe that you spoke to me? God says, well, I will turn your, your staff into a snake. I'll turn water into blood to prove that I am with you. Okay, Lord, but... But I'm not very good with words, Moses says. I never have been, and I'm not now, even though you are speaking to me. I get tongue-tied. My words get tangled. God says, didn't I give you a mouth and ears and everything? Now go, I will be with you as you speak. I will instruct you what to say. But that's still not good enough for Moses. You see, his self-doubts are so big that he doubts God. Even with God's help, he doesn't think it's enough. He says in the next chapter, But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please, send anyone else. Have you ever uttered those words or thought those words when you felt God calling you to do something? But you doubted yourself. You doubted God. Send anyone else but me. I went to college as a math major. And I was going to be a computer programmer like my dad was. Until a rabbi professor said to me, you need to figure out whether or not God is calling you to be a pastor. Not be a programmer. 
That was shocking. Me, I'm, a, I'm an introvert. Stand up and preach? Like Moses, I, I thought God had the wrong number. You must be calling somebody else. Please call someone else, Lord. And maybe you felt that way. God, you've got the wrong person. I'm not strong enough. I'm not gifted enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. Please, Lord, send anyone else. Moses, Moses doubted himself. I doubted myself until we learned a new math, God's math. And God's math is very simple. It's a lot simpler than all the the linear algebra and things that I was studying because God's math is this. God plus you equals more than enough. God plus you equals more than enough. Listen to the story of Gideon, another hesitant Bible hero who had to learn the lesson of God's math. His story is found in in Judges 6. Gideon became Israel's judge, is the title of this section. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes, coming with their livestock and tents, were as thick as locusts, They arrived on droves of camels too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. Why does it take desperation to turn us to the Lord? Seems like it does, though. And they were desperate. The Israelites were outnumbered by the Midianite invaders. They felt weak. They hid in fear. And they cried out to God. And God answers them, just like God answered the cries of the Israelites in Egypt. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abizar. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat in the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And you can almost hear Gideon say, Who are you talking to? You talking to me? What hero? Sorry, you've got the wrong person. I ain't no hero. What Gideon actually says is this. Sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? You ever felt that way? If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Gideon says, 
if this is what it means for God to be with us, then maybe I'll pass. Where are all the miracles like we heard about? All those biblical stories of Moses, the great rescue that God has done. Why? Why, God, are we suffering like this? Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have. Notice not, go after you get a lot more strength. Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But the Lord, but Lord Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I'm the least in my entire family. Gideon thinks that it's a numbers game. His clan is the weakest. There's there's too little. And he is the youngest, the least in his family. It's too late. If the Midianites had attacked when he was a little older, perhaps he could have become a great leader by then. But now it's too late. How could God do anything with us? How could God do anything with me? Gideon doubts himself because he thinks it's a numbers game and he's using old math but God's math changes the arithmetic the Lord said to him I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man God's telling him it's not going to be a fair fight because it's two against one it's me and you against the Midianites It'll be an unfair fight. And there's God's math. God plus you equals more than enough. And that's why God can use someone like like you to accomplish his purposes. That's why God can use someone like Gideon. But Gideon still doesn't get it. So he gathers a huge army. He wants to put the math in his favor. God plus him plus 32,000 warriors, he thinks, will be enough. God tells him he's using old math. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they've saved themselves by their own strength. Therefore tell the people, Whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. Now it's God plus Gideon plus 10,000 warriors. Still doesn't get it. But the Lord told Gideon, there are still too many. Bring them down to the spring and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. And God has this... uh, Kind of strange test. He, he watches the way they drink, whether they got down on their hands and knees and drank right out of the stream, or whether they cupped the, the water in their hands and lapped it up like a dog. And it turns out that, that there was only 300 who were chosen. God chose just 300 out of those 32,000. And the Lord told Gideon, With these 300 men, I will rescue you 
and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. And Gideon divided the 300 men into three groups and gave each man a ram's horn and a clay jar with a torch in it. Now Gideon's army has gone from 3,200 or 32,000 to 300. And now God tells him to equip the warriors not with the latest in military technology, but with a pot and a ram's horn trumpet. Then Gideon said to them, keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. As soon as I and those with me blow the ram's horn, blow your horns too, all around the entire camp, and shout, for the Lord and for Gideon. It was just after midnight, after the changing of the guard, when Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the Midianite camp. Suddenly, they blew their ram's horn and broke their jars. Then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. They held the blazing torches in their left hand and their horns in their right hand, and they shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Now notice, how many hands do they have left to hold the sword? They've got a torch in this hand, they've got a trumpet in this hand. God has whittled Gideon's army from 32,000 down to 300, and now he doesn't even have 300 warriors, he has 300 trumpet players. And it's still more than enough. More than enough for God to accomplish his purposes. Each man stood at his position around the camp and watched as all the Midianites rushed around in panic, shouting as they ran to escape. When the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horn, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. And those who were not killed fled to places as far away as Bethshittah near Zerorah. Gideon doubted himself. He was too young. He was too small. Moses doubted himself. He was too old. He was too frightened of public speaking. But both are reminded that it's not about what they have, but about who God is. God is the one who will speak through Moses and free the people. God is the one who will defeat the Midianites and save the people. God is the real hero. And God uses even those who doubt him and doubt themselves to do great things. And God is still doing that, even today. Do you doubt yourself? Do you doubt God? Well, here's the amazing thing. God could still use someone like you. Let me tell you about a little church that discovered God could use someone like them. Now, when I say little, I mean little. The church had been in their little town for over a century. <coughs> but by the time uh, this event happened a few years ago, there were only 11 people showing up on Sunday to worship. They had a very part-time pastor, and they had enough money in their savings that if they watched every penny, they might last a couple of more years before needing to close. 
In fact, I talked with them about closing, and they said, no, God can still use us. Instead of cutting back, we're going to do even more. And if we run out of money in the next year, then so be it. At least we gave God our all. And so one of the first things they did was throw a community picnic like we did uh, last fall out there in the park. Invited everyone. And three little girls from across the street came over to the picnic and asked if they could eat. Now, of course, the answer was yes, but not only did they eat, they were, were showered with attention. One girl asked, do you have a Sunday school? Now, you can imagine, with only 11 old-timers, what the answer to that question was. But the person talking to her said, we sure do. You and your sisters come on Sunday, and you'll have a great time. Now, that person was as surprised to find herself saying that as Moses was by the burning bush. <laughs> she doubted she could pull it off. But God needed someone to share his love with those kids so she couldn't let them down. And the next Sunday, the girls came, and there was Sunday school. And the whole church took it upon themselves to love on those girls. It was like they suddenly had 11 new grandma and grandpas. And from there, they just, things just kind of took off, and they started doing things. They started blessing the ambulance crew that was in town, bringing them donuts they, and breakfast. They brought things to the, the city workers. The mayor said about them, every other church asks what the city can do for them. You're the only church that's asking what you can do for the city. A year later, they still had the same amount of money in the bank. Hadn't gone down a penny. But the congregation had almost doubled, and, and the people in town were experiencing, experiencing the love of God in a powerful way. To be honest, I had my doubts about them. By the time you get down to 11 in your church, you are too small, too weak, too old, and too stuck in a rut to be of use to God. But I had forgotten God's math. God plus you equals more than enough. God with a plan and 11 people willing to say yes and amazing things can happen. So guess what? It's your turn. Out in the lobby, you might have noticed a big sign with a bunch of cards on it. And these cards are all the different kinds of ministries that, that need some help. And they're kind of color-coded by, color by area, but each little segment of cards is a different kind of need. They run the, the gamut from working with kids and youth who come here, many of whom come here all on their own like those three little girls from that church. Or maybe they need a, a ride to get here. And, and, and you might say, I, I could help with that. It's very simple. Just take a card off the, off the sign. You can fill it out, put your name, contact information, and just drop it in the box right below. Um, if you need to talk with somebody about it, there's, there's who you can contact to get more information. And uh, you can do that as well. Uh, 
Here's someone to, to give rides to, to the youth uh, volunteers for our Sunday school. Um, oh, remember a few weeks ago we talked about that new ministry that Jeff Davis is uh, starting up, where you volunteer to, to be on an email list, and when there is a need uh, in the community or from someone out of the church, um, that email list will get, will get that need, and you can say, hey, I can do that, and sign up to do that. Uh, you're just saying, I'll be on that list and I'll hear, and if God moves me to respond to that, uh, if God can use me, then I'll say yes. Um, it's got a name now. It's called Res Helps. Res Helps is that ministry. So if you want to be a part of that, that email list and get notices, um, there's a card for that too. Um, ushers. Uh, we have people who faithfully uh, make sure that there's communion in your seats uh, or bulletins uh, uh, that are distributed. Uh, and you might be able to help in that way. And uh, so there's there's card for that too. There, there's many, many cards, and these won't go away. We'll have them available. But I'd encourage you, um, even today, before you forget about it, to just look at that and say, God, where are you calling me? What do you want me to do? And I know you may doubt that there could be anything that God could, could do with you, but believe God's math, that God plus you is more than enough because God could use someone like you. Let's pray. Lord, we believe Help our unbelief. We have our doubts that, that we could be of much use to you. And we forget that even our everyday, ordinary lives can be an offering to you. And you can use us in amazing ways. So Lord, help us to trust your math that you plus us is enough. Lord, we, we pray for the needs of our world, the needs of our church, our brothers and sisters. We pray for our own needs. And we expect for you to respond just as you did in, in the time of Gideon. And that may mean that you raise up 300 who can play a trumpet. Or it may mean that you call us and say, I'm sending you. Help us to trust and help us to hear, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.